Welcome to the Encouragement Outpost podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Georgia Pointer, and today, today's topic is a tough one. And I am asking God to give me wisdom, grace, and gentleness as I share this very tender topic with you today. I'm coming from my book, The Christian Woman's Guide to Overcoming Messy Emotions. And today we're going to talk about anger, but I want to talk about a particular anger that oftentimes we Christians don't really want to admit that we experience, but none of us ever does ourselves any good by living in denial. And so today I want to talk about this very tender topic, and I hope that you will Uh, Allow your heart to be open and to be honest with God and with yourself as we talk about this. Nobody wants to admit that they are angry with God. But it is, I think, a normal human response when We don't understand why God allows painful things to happen in our lives. We prayed. We tried to live right. We tried to make good decisions. We did everything on our end to try to affect the outcome. And yet, the opposite happened. It did not go the way we hoped, the way we prayed. What do you do with that? We get angry with God when we don't understand. And we see the lack of an answer that we expected to a particular prayer. We see that as antithetical. We see it as the direct opposite of the love of God. And so in our humanness, we resort to anger. And some people tragically have turned their backs on God because he did not heal that loved one of cancer, because he allowed that child to die, because he fill in the blank, because of some very gut-wrenching difficulty that doesn't make any sense at all to them. And so they console themselves by turning their back on God and either declaring that he must not exist or if he did exist, he's cruel and that he's a liar and that he doesn't really love them because had he truly loved them, then they would not have allowed this terrible thing or those several terrible things to happen. So I want to to encourage you, my friend, by saying, first of all, that you are wise to call that emotion what it is. Call it anger. Call it anger. Say to yourself, Fully disclose, fully acknowledge that you are 
angry with God. Why is that so freeing? Because then you can properly deal with it. But as long as you are wearing yourself out, trying to pretend that you're something other than angry with God, then you're not dealing with truth and you can't move forward. Several people in the Bible experienced difficulty in their lives and they prayed and they did all the things. They checked all the boxes. I'm thinking of Mary and Martha and the death of their brother Lazarus in John 11. You probably know the story. Their brother Lazarus was someone that Jesus loved and he got sick and they sent word to him to come. And he didn't come when they called for him. And it wasn't until after he had been dead four days that he showed up. And you can hear the disillusionment in the words that both Mary and Martha directed at Jesus, where they said, Lord, if you had come when we called you, our brother would not have died. And so there's disillusionment and I dare say some anger there. We also see Job experiencing horrible, horrible tragedy. Just one thing after another, all in the same day. He loses everything. And he works through some things and you can see that he is, you know, he he falls back on his faith. You know, he says, You know, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. But eventually, if you continue to read, you can see him questioning God. You can see him asking some some things, but he was he was asking those things in honesty. And we're going to we're going to get back to that as one of the as one of the ways that we we ought to respond to to difficulties in life. But but I dare say that there that 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 underneath all of those wonderful layers of faith there's that questioning and there's a bit of an of a of an of an attitude of anger uh that came from Job and were were reflected in his words. So what do you do when life hits you it blindsides you and you are flat out angry? with God. Let me encourage you to not take that anger out on other people in your life. Sometimes we do that and we don't even realize that that's what we're doing. We find ourselves just grouchier. We're more, we're more short with people. We're, we're snippy and we, we, we take off the wig so to speak, <laughs> we take off the wig of, of, of kindness and, and treating other people with respect because we're disillusioned. And there's a part of us sometimes that says, why should I be kind? Why should I be loving when God has not been that way toward me? And so we say within ourselves. And sometimes we don't even recognize that that's what our behavior is saying. We're saying all bets are off now. I don't have to behave. I don't have to be kind. I don't have to be good because I tried all of that. And this particular thing still happened to me. 
So, friend, I want to encourage you to bring your anger to God instead of allowing it to alienate you. I'm thinking of a particular passage and I I did not um, uh, find the reference, but there was a place where people were just leaving Jesus left and right. They were done with him. And then Jesus turned to his disciples and said, are you going to leave me too? And their response was so very wise. They said, Lord, where are we going to go? Where else are we going to go? You have the very words of life. Friend, you are very wise, very wise to recognize that any other arms that you run into away from God when you are angry with him are destined to destroy you. They cannot offer to you what God himself offers you. Sometimes people turn to drugs. Sometimes people turn to an immoral relationship. Sometimes they just, they just go rogue. They just decide to do whatever their flesh wants them to do. But friend, you have to remember that the very God that you're running from has already ordained consequences that come when you run into the arms of all of those other things. Where else can you go, my friend? So let me encourage you that though it's the last thing you want to do, I encourage you to go to God. Ask him for your, for his peace. You can, you can be so very honest with God because As I've said many times before, he already knows what's in your heart, but it is wise and therapeutic for you to say, what is it within your heart? That's what Job did. And you come to him and you say, God, I don't understand. I do not understand why you allowed this to happen. I always like to just be really honest and and real with, with my audience and so I want you, I want to share a time with you in my own life um, where something extremely humiliating happened to me. You know, it's been so many years ago since that happened, but I can still mentally enter into that horrible day. And I can still feel all of the emotions and I can really raise my own blood pressure just thinking about what happened that day. And without going into too many details, there was the humiliating thing, first of all. Then there was the rejection. But then here's the thing that that really puzzles me is that in that most humiliating moment with the rejection and all of that, there was an individual that entered the room to witness this humiliation. And this was a person that I had never done anything to, but they made it very plain and clear that they did not like me and they used 
little um what's the word they call it throwing shade i think now i think that's them they they just were intentionally ugly and i could not record i could not reconcile how this particular person claimed to be a christian and treated me the way that they did it was she was the last person on this planet that i ever would have wanted to have entered that room in my most vulnerable time of humiliation and there she sat And I remember thinking later on, really, God, really, really, as painful as all of this was, it feels like you're, feels like you put a knife over a fire to get it good and hot. And then while I was feeling all beaten and bloodied with humiliation, here comes this knife that was thrown into my chest, this hot knife and twisted. Why, God? Did this particular person have to be in that room at that particular time? God, was there some was there some pride in my heart that 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 only would have been dealt with with this particular person in that room? And to this day, y'all, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I don't, I don't, I don't. And you know, all these years later, I'm sure you could hear all of that in my voice. I just don't understand. I just don't understand. And you know what? God has never given me an explanation. God has never given me any type of anything that would make that moment make sense. And that's one of those things that you have to recognize is that on this side, God has not promised to always give you answers and explanations. And so I want to walk very tenderly to this next topic. And that is that we must respect the sovereignty of God. We must recognize that God doesn't owe us any explanations because We are the creation. He is the creator. We are the potter and we are, we are the pottery. We are the clay and he is the potter. We are, we are more vulnerable than any of us ever wants to admit that we are because we are at the mercy of whatever God decides he wants to allow to come into our lives that is that is vulnerability like nobody else can ever top because he is up in heaven my friend and he can do whatever he pleases now we can rail against that or we can accept that but that must not be seen as a bad thing my friend because That same sovereign God has chosen to make a way for us to be with him eternally. In all of his sovereignty and all of his majesty and all of his power, he has chosen to use that power to enter into eternity, into time. To leave eternity, to enter into time, and to send his son 
to give his life as a ransom for us. We can never, ever, ever ignore that truth, my friend. In the midst of all of our anger, in the midst of all of our disillusionment, we must never forget that divine display of love. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So you can't say, okay, 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 okay. I get that. I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for the cross, Jesus. But I'm, I'm, I'm really, really hot with you, God, about this particular thing. It just tempers the anger. I'm just saying. It's not that we are to ignore the anger. It's not that we are to pretend that it is not there. But we must look, we must survey the overall goodness of God. Instead of looking at our pain, at our incident that did not turn out the way we hoped it would through a microscope. We must choose to to say, God, I recognize your sovereignty. I recognize that I do not understand, but I also want to choose to gaze at your grace and gaze at your mercy and choose to embrace that while at the same time acknowledging my anger and dis- disillusionment. Do you, do you understand what I'm what I'm trying to say, my friend? We must bow to the sovereignty of God, but also recognizing that he has chosen to show us his love. And also he has not chosen to give us everything we've asked for. God has never said Sometimes it's like we try to try God in a court and say that you've said this, this, and this, and you've promised this, this, and this, and you have not delivered on that. My friend, that's a very dangerous thing to do. It's a very foolish thing to do, but it's also a very short-sighted, sighted, short-sighted thing to do. Job, in thir- Job thirteen fifteen says, though he slay me, Yet will I trust in him. That verse encapsulates the thing that I'm trying to say to you. That we can have the slaying, if you will, the emotional slaying from God, but also trust him. You can't do that with anybody else on this planet. God himself is God. And we are not. We must recognize that because God is who he is, that we are not privy to all of the information. Uh, I think it was Chuck Swindoll in a message that I heard some time back. He said that he believes that when we enter heaven, one of the most common noises that will be heard will be, oh, that moment where we recognize what God was up to, where we see things from his perspective, where we have been changed and we've been transformed and we can now see what, what, what faith actually was, was required when we were on earth. Our faith then becomes sight where we like, Okay, okay, now I see. It did not make any sense at all while you were down here on earth. 
Friend, trust is is one of the most beautiful things and one of the wisest things you can do in the face of tragedy and in the face of anger with God over those tragedies. God has given us a place to put that anger at the foot of the cross and also underneath his sovereignty. So my friends, I just encourage you to be honest with God about where you are, but also to do what Isaiah chapter 55 verses 8 and 9 challenge us to do. And my computer has gone back to the um, to the wallpaper. So let me, yeah, here we go. Isaiah chapter 55 verses 8 and 9. It says, for my thoughts, this is the Lord speaking. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Friend, God has given us enough to go on to continue to trust him. He has explained that he is God and we are not and that he has not revealed everything that there is to know about why he does what he does, why he allows what he allows. We are not God. We're not, but he is, and he can handle his godness, if you will, very well without us trying to tell him how to handle that. He loves you. Yes, you're angry with him. Yes, you don't understand. Yes, you're disillusioned. But my friend, if you have run away from God in any aspect of your heart and your mind, I encourage you. To save yourself by turning around and running to him with all of your tears and saying, Lord Jesus, I do not understand why you allowed that. I don't understand why you took my loved one. I don't understand why you did not heal me or why you did not heal my loved one. I don't understand why you allowed that accident to happen. You were you had you had perfect ability to step in and intervene and prevent and you did not. And I don't understand it. But Lord, as an act of faith and of my will and also just out of plain old wisdom, I am bowing to that sovereignty and asking you to hold my heart in your hand and to give me peace in the face of all of this, these anxious thoughts of disillusionment and anger and enable me to go on and to live out the life that you desire for for me to live. God has given you himself in place of answers, my friend. And it is enough. It is enough. And and one of the things that I've learned is that sometimes you have to do this exercise every day. Every day you have to get up and say, God, I'm living in the aftermath of something that you chose not to allow. And the aftermath of something, an aftermath of something that you have not chosen to prevent. And I am limping along here, God, and I am making a conscious decision today. To believe that you love me in spite of what I don't understand. And I'm making a conscious decision to walk by faith, to live for you and to love you. And then the next day you get up and you do that again. And then the next day and the next day and the next day. Friends, that is just plain old wisdom. Because as I said, anything else you run to is not going to do for you what you think it's going to do. And if it does, it's only going to be temporary and it will destroy you. You got a life to live on this planet. Live it in wisdom. 
I know that today's message was not easy to hear, but I I want you to know that that is it's it's what God offers and it is enough. Um perhaps you know someone who is in the throes of disillusionment and they don't know what to do. I encourage you to pass this uh episode on to them that you say a quick prayer for them that their heart will receive it and I also encourage you to get a copy of my book the encourage the 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 Christian woman's guide to overcoming messy emotions um as I said in my intro uh to this series um I'm attempting to deal with some things that I didn't necessarily tackle in depth in the book so there is there is so much more to be said about anger um and I think the chapter on anger in this book is the longest one because um God led me to deal with it in a in a way that I've not ever seen dealt with in any, any other books but it is a biblical way and so if you struggle with anger uh I have some some very timely things to say to you in that book and I just really encourage you to get a copy you can Order a copy online through barnesandnoble.com. Just type in Messy Emotions and my book should pop up. Or um, Amazon.com. They're available in both of those. Um, I think that this book can really be used to encourage someone who's going through a hard time. No matter what their messy emotion is. Whether it's jealousy, anger, depression, disillusionment, um, worry and anxiety. Whatever it is. Uh, this book can be used as a balm to them because it administers the truth of God's word to those hurting and wounded places in their heart. So maybe you want to buy a card for someone and you want to purchase this book as well and just slip that card between those pages and, and put it in a gift bag or wrap it up or whatever and give it to them. It really can be a very loving way of offering help and comfort and answers from the word of God for whatever they're going through. Thank you so very much, my friend, for listening today. Thank you for the time and attention that you've given to this. My prayer is that this message was an encouragement to you and that God might use it in the sphere of influence that you have uh, in your life. God bless you. Thank you so very much. Have a great day.